the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector and welcome a special guest. Herman Schweinzer, CTO and Director of Faradion, the world leader in sodium ion battery technology. My name is Joe Reynolds and joining me is my co-host, Stuart Whitehead. Stuart, welcome. Morning, Joe. Bumper week this, uh, this time, so yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, plenty to go through. Let's, uh, let's jump straight in at the deep end, I guess. Uh, I've seen this building. It's absolutely stunning. The new Aston, uh, Aston Martin building. Uh, that's a new Formula One facility. Yeah, um, they've broken ground on it. It's a £200 million investment, maybe even more, um, in Northamptonshire. The 400,000 square foot campus, which will be built opposite the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit, marks the start of an 18-month construction and installation phase for the new headquarters for the British Marks Formula One team. This is the first all-new dedicated F1 factory in the UK for 17 years, the most recent being McLaren's in Woking, which was officially opened in 2004. And this new three-unit factory will house the team's design, manufacturing and marketing resources. A second will be occupied by the uh, a brand-new wind tunnel, which is going to be integral to the success of the team. And the third will, um, will be a redevelopment and repurposing of an existing factory, um, which will become its essential logistics hub. And we've talked about aerospace <clears throat> a, fair, a fair bit recently, considering it's uh, they're having challenging times. Um, and there's a new innovation centre open in Scotland, isn't it? What, what do you know about this one? Yeah, a breaking story, really. So American-owned uh, Spirit Area Systems, which is the world's largest first-tier aerostructures manufacturer, has officially opened its new £28 million aerospace innovation centre in, in Presswick. Um, new, more efficient approaches to the design and manufacture of aerostructures such as wings using lightweight composite material technology to reduce flight emissions and lower costs will be explored and developed at the 90,000 square foot facility. In a short while, we're going to talk about, you know, battery technology. So that, that this story kind of ties in, really. Electric car maker Polestar expanding here in the UK. Yeah, great news. The Swedish manufacturer is growing its global engineering capability with the expansion of its R&D centre, the Myra Technology Park in, in Warwickshire. In the last year, the now 250-strong UK team has more than doubled in size, and this will continue to expand probably beyond 500 people in the future. The UK R&D team will play a crucial role in the brand's continued evolution and will immediately focus on the development of the Polestar preset, which was first revealed last year and is now confirmed for production before 2025. And we can't do a podcast without mentioning the North East, can we? Uh, Siemens are expanding its um, the blade manufacturing facility in Hull. Yeah, sorry, we've covered it before. It's, it's just developed. So Siemens um, has awarded Volker Fitzpatrick £82 million contract, which is part of a wider £186 million investment to build two new wind turbine blade factories and repurpose an existing production facility at site in Hull. Once complete, the new facilities will enable the firm to produce larger blades with greater efficiency and this huge investment will create will more than double capacity and create hundreds of new jobs in, in, in the region. So we've done F1, done a bit of automotive, bit of aerospace, bit of power gen. They've got a, a positive food production story as well, a £300 million investment, no less. Yeah, this is in Darwin, new Smart Park campus, um, which will be developed by Segro, will feature food manufacturing facilities ranging from startup incubation units through to large-scale factories, 
a new food manufacturing technology center of excellence will be um, built at the site to suit for people in the industry. And um, the, you know, in total, the £300 million complex is expected to create 5,000 jobs, which is great news for these Midlands. Okay, we'll take a short pause there from this week's Positive UK Manufacturing News and introduce this week's special guest. It's Herman Schweitzer, CTO and Director of Faradian, the world leader in sodium ion battery technology. Herman, a very warm welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for hosting me. Oh, you're more than welcome. Just just to start with, we our audience, we always like to learn a bit about the people, not just the company. So maybe you can start by telling us your career to date, your current role and your responsibilities, please. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, though I'm uh, quite a while now in the battery industry. Uh, I've worked a lot uh, in the energy storage sector just recently before I joined Faradion uh, this year. So mainly responsible to bring to the market, to bring to the application around 800 to 900 megawatt hour of battery technology. Uh, that is where I come from. I'm an enthusiastic person uh, when it comes to renewables. So I really also, from my background, I, I love this stuff uh, and I, I also take it home to my home. So running a solar system, running an energy storage system, having an electrical vehicle, all these kind of things is really what I'm for. Uh, and th the goal there is uh, what drives me is... Uh, uh, let's make a world which less out of CO2 for the future. And actually, when I moved into this field, my 15-year-old daughter told me, hey, daddy, that is your first meaningful job you are doing now. And that was about eight years ago. <laughs> so, yes, uh, that is why I'm here, try to, to have a job to, to do uh, uh, things which help us uh, for the future of the planet. Sure. And you're uh, well put by your daughter as well. But yeah, and now can we have an overview of the business, please? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, when it comes to, to Faradion business side, so we are really here and my role especially here is uh, driving the company to productize the technology. So understanding that uh, Faradion has developed uh, the sodium ion technology, which we will talk later about in, over the last 10 years. So there were great people here in Oxford and Sheffield uh, coming together with the dedication to make sodium ion happen. Uh, and uh, today we are really at a stage where we can have products and bring it to different various applications. That is where I come in. So uh, coming in and uh, seeing the match of the technology uh, to different products out there. If it's on the energy storage side, if it's for telecom application, if it's for mobility applications, that is what I'm driving uh, with my role here within Faradion. Uh, look out uh, to the next opportunities uh, to bring uh, the technology into really to the customers. Uh, fascinating to hear about your background and the company and love your enthusiasm, Herman. Um, looking at the wider picture, how can the UK become a leader in battery technology? Oh, that is good. I think uh, especially having the sodium ion, we know that uh, the UK has done a lot of work in the past already on this field. So uh, developing technology is just great here in the UK. Yeah? Having the really done uh, early stage work on lithium ion as well. So the same happened now with the sodium ion. Though I think every ingredient is ready here from the UK side uh, to be the major player in this one. Of course, it needs the, also to go into the next step as Faradion is doing now productize the technology, yes, keep it here, um, make the best out of it here, going into the several applications, work together with the people here, bring the people to the UK 
uh, and uh, bring them to the battery technology. That is uh, how the UK uh, should look forward and is looking forward actually uh, to do it. Of course, we have, uh, if you look uh, into the UK of today, having the Nissan facility up in Sunderland, this is probably one of the biggest running lithium-ion battery manufacturing lines in Europe at the moment. So it's not that there was nothing in the past. There is still a good environment. Looking into the, the Midlands, where we have a lot of activities from the UK side when it comes to battery technology, uh, great stuff there, meeting all of these people uh, going into it, creating an environment. That is how UK can stay ahead when it comes to battery technology, but not only on the technology, also on battery production. Okay, that makes sense, and uh, good to hear the UK is at the forefront of that. Um, on the technical side, um, to, to explain to our, to our listeners, how is sodium iron different from lithium iron, which is the predominant technology in our phones, laptop, cars, energy storage? Yeah, that, it's obviously, there is a short answer. Uh, the name tells it you, uh, we have exchanged uh, the lithium uh, with sodium. That is mainly what we did. But now going more deeper into it, the sodium ion technology was already known back in the 80s and 90s when the people were working in lithium ion as well and uh, they did the groundwork for lithium ion. In the same time, they built sodium ion batteries in the same way, same principle behind. Uh, sodium ion was mainly lacking the capability to achieve the energy density with lithium was able to achieve. And that went. Uh, that brought the people at this time to to focus more on the uh, on the lithium space. That, that was the main differentiator. Uh, Ferradion started. The founders of Ferradion started in 2011 uh, with the approach uh, to overcome this disadvantage, to work hard on it, to find the right combination for sodium ion batteries, which will catch up with the performance of lithium. So I went through thousands of different of combinations. So it's really, it's not only that you go there and you pick it. No, it's a really a hard, hard work, which they delivered here. Uh, Jerry and Chris and a couple of other people from our company went into it and figured out what is the right material combination to bring sodium ion to the next level, to overcome the disadvantage which was in the sodium field. Because on the other hand, it was well, uh, everybody was well aware that sodium, which is part of table salt, for example, is uh, the better choice when it comes to availability, when it comes to sustainability, also when it comes to the cost structure. Sodium is just a thousand times more available than lithium. That gives you an impression how much you can do in this field. And it's just more available in the different countries. You do not rely on single countries. So with this work uh, starting in 2011 and uh, lasting into today, uh, really the, this team has created a breakthrough innovation uh, to bring the energy density of uh, sodium ion batteries at the same level uh, where the lithium is. So, and you may know that lithium have different grades, uh, different type of chemistries. Uh, we are speaking about the uh, uh, approach with an NZA, NZM, the cobalt, uh, containing lithium, uh, and we're also speaking about the iron phosphate, the lithium iron phosphate. Today, the sodium ion technology is equal in performance with the lithium iron phosphate technology and is directly competing with this technology. Yes, this was the way how it is going. The differentiation, of course, in uh, when we developed this technology, 
we also invented uh, other things which are beneficial for the application. It's not only that we took out the lithium, brought in sodium. No, we made the, the whole uh, configuration of the battery more safe. Safety is uh, is a main driver also of uh, Faradion to have a safe technology. Uh, unfortunately, we know that sodium needs special treatment, needs to be tightly controlled over the full lifetime of 10, 15 years uh, to be really safe. Uh, and we all remember there were issues which uh, were going back of a, a not really well controlled uh, uh, lithium place. Uh, I don't blame them. I, it's just that, that we know that there was some risk in it. And we try to make sodium ion technology safer than the lithium. Um, what does that mean? Yes, we are shaping the chemistry in a way which will give us uh, not this same uh, exposure to thermal runaways so that our flash points are higher when the, the whole stuff starts to burn, this kind of thing. That we avoid that we have critical situations. That we also look into the full thing from end to end. At the beginning, when you produce a cell, a lithium cell, you have to charge them up and you are not allowed to discharge them at any point. So we have developed our technology in a direction that we can discharge the sodium battery down to zero. We can recharge it. We can discharge it to zero and recharge it. So this is what we call our zero volt technology, giving here really a capability to transport the, the battery cells more safe. Everybody of us knows if you go into a plane, say, make you aware when you have devices with lithium ion and they have a problem, uh, then please make aware of it. Our batteries typically get discharged to zero. So there is not this risk inherent with the battery cell at this stage. Yeah? And that allows safer transportation, easier transportation. Uh, that is also over the lifetime of the battery. When you look further into the, the usable life of the battery, don't be worried when it gets discharged to zero. Sometimes for certain applications, it can happen that you discharge it to zero or you would like to have it to discharge to zero and then you just recharge it. Lithium here in this place needs to be kept at a certain state of charge. So safety is also a main driver of what we are doing here. And also we are looking at the third point uh, that we have a technology which is able in the future to achieve the right cost. Yes, It is clear for the world that we need a lot, a lot of battery capacity uh, to overcome the problems of the, of the world. Battery will help to shape the energy systems of the future. So, and that will also mean we have to keep an eye on that we have the right materials, but also at the right cost. So these are the, the fields where sodium ion is different from lithium ion and why it is really a, a choice of today for several applications. It might not go into phones and laptops at the beginning, but it will go into energy storage and cars. And these are for sure the big players of the, the future battery world. Well, thank you for explaining the differences so succinctly. Even I understood that. Um, the final question from me, um, commercial, uh, looking at the commerciality, um, the world's largest battery manufacturer, Chinese company, Cattle, C-A-T-L, um, announced they would be starting a sodium ion production process in China. I believe in 2023. Given they supply batteries to Tesla, such a large company, how can a British startup like Faradion compete? Yes, uh, on one hand, uh, it was a really good movement that we see that other ones are trying to catch up. Also, the big ones are looking into this one. Yes, it's always good not to be the only one and be the exotic one. It's just another proof point that sodium ion 
will make it into the next uh, stage. Yeah, that is just where it is. And they are coming up as the ATL uh, is coming up with status and also performance and also configurations, which we already have worked on. Though we are we are not so worried about. Your question is totally right. How can we compete? Do we compete? Or in which configuration do we compete? And that is um, a good movement at the moment. What we also see, also for the UK and also for uh, other countries here in the Western world, uh, there is a, uh, a really a change in the industry setup. Uh, seeing that the mobility sector and the passenger cars and these kind of things are going electric, and that seems to be a, a decided factor. Uh, in the whole uh, passenger, in the whole mobility world. We see that more and more players are really have to go into uh, this one, especially the, the automotive industry uh, in the Western world, Europe and the US uh, is going into it. And here is also our chance. Uh, we are uh, starting to partner with these companies who are really looking into these fields and try to, to make their configuration of the future. Uh, seeing China as one of the leaders in the battery industry is probably only part of it. Uh, we, uh, we totally agree that they, they have at the moment uh, huge capacities running there. But we expect also in five years from now that uh, the Europe and the US will have built up capacities which are uh, really in a scale which allows uh, to, uh, to speak about uh, its own battery industry. And that is where our chance is. CATL is one of the players. Uh, is probably the biggest battery supplier of the world. Yes, he's proving that the technology is, uh, is uh, a future choice. Uh, that will mean also that other players in this field are looking into it. And you can imagine that number two, three, four, and five of the automotive world is also looking into it. And that is where we kick in, where we are cooperating with the bigger players. And we know uh, at this play, it's uh, finally it's about getting into the right scale at a decent time that is necessary and important for us. So we are really happy to see that other ones are picking sodium mine and we are working also to position our technology with the right players uh, to get it into the products, to get it into cars, to get it into energy storage. Yeah, well answered. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, the more the more manufacturers, the better, I guess, isn't it? Um, but just for, coming back to the UK here, um, what do you think the government can do more to help Britain to compete globally? Obviously, there's talk, you know there's the walls of origin kicking in now with the, the Brexit agreement and things like that. But yeah, you know, what what can UK Gov do to help? Yes, that's probably mainly two things, and that's probably one thing where I already see there is a lot of activities. Support everything which is on the battery side, which is on the research side, which is really on the, on the development of materials, creating the right environment for the collaboration with, between the, the players here uh, to develop the technology. So that is what, what we see with the university, if it's in Oxford here, if it's in Cambridge, if it's in Warwick. Uh, there are a lot of different choices. I cannot name all of them. Uh, but there are really things which have started, which needs to be emphasized, uh, bring the right programs here, here to the table uh, to keep ahead of the curve uh, when it comes to technology. That is one piece. The second piece I see here, and it's also probably have the same importance or is getting more important in the next couple of years, uh, build the right environment, the right ecosystems to allow manufacturing, to allow that we supply the key materials which are necessary. Yeah? 
that is a very important factor which we have to look in. And that is really starting from uh, attracting the right companies to set up the operations here, which are then producing materials for the battery industry. Because when you have the full supply chain set up, it just makes sense that you then also produce the battery here. It also, this is uh, kicking into the sustainability. Uh, we are, the UK, uh, and the target is to get into a position where you produce the batteries more sustainable than in other places of the world. That will be the, the future winner. Yeah? If you compare how clean is your energy, how good do you have the access to the materials, where does they come from, what is the sustainability aspect of the full supply chain? Here, I think, uh, keep an eye on this one and support from the government side that we really have all of these uh, uh, elements in place that the UK can become the cleanest place and the, sustainable, the most sustainable place to produce uh, uh, batteries uh, in country. Yeah, we, yeah, absolutely. And, and one would hope that they continue to do so. But uh, Herman, thank you so much for joining us. It's been both educational and enjoyable. I uh, appreciate your time joining us on the podcast. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you to everybody. It was really a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank you for both of you hosting me here. That's fascinating, Stu. One, one of the more interesting guests we've had, isn't it? You know, like you say, it's difficult to try explain these different battery technologies, but he, he did it, like you said, I, I actually understood it myself. So it must have been fairly easy to understand. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was reading up on it and, uh, you know, you, you can read through pages and pages and the way he explained it, uh, as you say, was uh, so so clear and so uh, easy, easy to understand. So hopefully the, the listeners will appreciate it as much as we did. Sure. And speaking of listeners, if, if you are listening to this, you know, help us spread the word. Please post this uh, podcast on social media. Uh, um, talk about it. Let's spread the word. Uh, if you haven't already, download the MTD MFG app. It's in all the usual app stores, whether you're Android or Apple. So please do download it. There's lots of exclusive content on the app. It really is worth downloading. And finally, we don't have chance to uh, talk about all the news here uh, on, the, on the podcast. There's far too much good news happening. But So go to mtdmfg.com uh, and there's new, uh, new positive manufacturing news posted daily. But Stuart, is, uh, two, up, uh, two updates from Rolls-Royce this week. Yeah, busy time for Rolls-Royce. So um, the firm's first all-electric aircraft has completed its maiden flight ahead of a world record attempt later this year. The Spirit Innovation Aircraft took off on the Ministry of Defenses, Boston Downs, in Wiltshire, and flew for approximately 15 minutes. The first flight marks the beginning of an intense testing phase for the aircraft, which is hoping to reach speeds of more than 300 miles an hour, so good luck to, to them. And another story with Rolls-Royce, British military jet developer, Aurelis, has marked a key milestone in the development of its pioneering modular military aircraft. Um, look at the MTD side of it, the story's on there, it's a fascinating concept. Um, They've entered into a landmark memorandum of understanding with Rolls-Royce to meet the company's propulsion requirements. And the Suffolk-based uh, firm estimates there's a market for up to 5,500 bits jets, which could be worth £150 billion. Yeah, wow. Well, if, they, if they can nail it, it, it will it will take off. Terrible. <laughs> but, you know, if we, can, if we can have electric planes that do decent mileage, you know, it, why, why wouldn't you use them, I guess? But... Um, Bentley Motors are investing in the next generation of British engineers and manufacturers. More, more good news from the from the crew-based company. Absolutely. The luxury car makers welcomed its largest ever intake of apprentices, undergraduates and graduates, with 112 new recruits joining the 4,000-strong crew-based workforce, which is currently de delivering the, the biggest transformational program in the luxury market's 102-year history. 
And this kind of underlines Bentley's transformational beyond 100 strategic ambitions and to help share the, the shape the company for the future. A third of these trainees actually will be working exclusively on, on digital innovation. So they are future-proofing the business and offering great opportunities to young people. Yeah, now let's go from a car that you can afford to maybe a car that <laughs> I can afford. Uh, you know, Mini, they're celebrating a, a major production milestone again. Yeah, seems every every week. So they did. So Mini has delivered its one millionth car sold in the UK since modern Mini production began in in two thousand and one. Um, and just some stats behind this: Mini plants in in Oxford and in Swindon employ over four and a half thousand people, including one hundred thirty apprentices who all keep production moving to build 1,000 cars a day, which is incredibly one every 67 seconds. That's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> it I, I, I do see them a lot on the road, but crikey, that, one a minute essentially is just balmy. Yeah. Coca-Cola, they've announced a significantly, uh, significant investment mm-hmm. rather. Certainly. Uh, so this is Coca-Cola, Europe, Europe-Pacific partners, I think it used, used to call European, um, the world's largest independent popular of Coca-Cola. They've announced a twenty-eight million pound investment. It's manufacturing site in Sitka, and it's coincides with the site's sixtieth anniversary. Nice way to celebrate the site, which operates ten production lines, and, and is the only Coca-Cola site in the UK to produce a hundred and fifty milliliter and two hundred and fifty cans. Has received um, this investment this year, and in total since twenty seventeen, one hundred eighteen million pound has been invested in the site. Derby-based at Alstom, the books, uh, you know, they've got another export order. This is that whole area is doing particularly well, but Alstom, you know, in particular, absolutely. And um, so the first two Inovia 300 monorail trains for the Taro monorail project have arrived in Egypt after being built at Alstom's Derby factory. The dispatch of the first eight fully automated driverless cars, and this is out of a total of 70 trains, of which will be 280 cars is a major milestone in the multi-billion pound project, which is sustaining hundreds of jobs in Derby and across the supply chain. The Alstom-led consortium signed the deal in August 2019 when the East Midlands factory was owned and operated by Bombardier. So great to see and the success. And as you say, the East Midlands, there's so much going on now with Rolls-Royce and Bombard- well, and Alstom and, and so many others. It's, it's great for the region. Sure. And this final story... It's one. It's one that popped up on on our social media last night. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's it's a concept, a product I hadn't come across before. Maybe uh, my age is against me. But what can you tell us about the mini MOOC? Is is what I would call it. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's MOOC or MOOC. I call it MOOC, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure our listeners will correct me. Um, so the re- revived uh, vehicle will be built entirely in the UK, following a new agreement with the, uh, manufacturer Fablink. Um, this. The, the original car in the 60s was popular, popularized by the likes of the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Bridget Bardot even, and it was you know, an absolute icon in that decade. The original mini-based Beach Buggies were made in Birmingham between 64 and 68 before production moved abroad and then finally ended in 93. And then having acquired the, the, the Moke trademark and global distribution rights in 2017, Moke International began reviving the, the soft top. And since its relaunch in 2020, the MOC has been engineered in Britain, but manufactured or assembled in France. But going forward, all MOCs will now be built at um, a state-of-the-art facility operated by UK automotive company Fablink Group. So reshoring, um, new jobs and uh, and investment. So my, my favourite story of the week by, by far, I must admit. 
Yeah, no, it, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a, it, it is a good one. And the pictures, are, there's some nice photography on, on, on the post. But it, that's another good story if you want to go and read it again on mtdmfg.com. But Stu, we've run out of time. Again, there's plenty more to talk about on mtdmfg.com. Please go and take a look. If you haven't downloaded the app, uh, please do so, because there's lots more than we get time to discuss on this podcast, unfortunately. A uh, big thank you to Herman, our guest. Uh, Stuart, thank you to you. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you at home for taking time out your busy day and listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.